When I led uh, worship uh, last Sunday, I mentioned to you that uh, I had had some of the most intense uh, pain over the week uh, that I had experienced in a long time. The Lord's afflictions were used to draw me uh, back into a deeper prayer life, which I had been failing in. And um, I decided this morning I wanted to uh, give my communion meditation on a scripture that addresses this theme. It's just one sentence from Psalm 119, verse 67. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Now the word before indicates that Christians don't always experience affliction. Before I was afflicted implies there was a period of time when there was no affliction, and uh, that is okay. We can go for long periods of time without even needing affliction in our lives. But when our hearts are not guarded, prosperity often leads to backsliding. The next phrase, I was afflicted, shows that even believers like David sometimes needed God's chastening, and God will often use trials and chastenings to bring us back to himself. Affliction is one of those things, really, that forces us to fix our eyes, our faith on God, not upon our circumstances. Charles Spurgeon said, often our trials act as a thorn hedge to keep us in the good pasture. So there's a good pasture he wants us to be enjoying, but he said the afflictions are sort of like a fence that keeps us in the good pasture, but our prosperity is sometimes a gap through which we go astray. It can happen all too easily. Uh, you can see that cycle in the book of Judges where the Lord blesses them incredibly because of their faithfulness, their covenant faithfulness. And uh, the next generation takes credit for their own um, prosperity, and the Lord then brings affliction. Now, it doesn't have to go in that continual cycle, but if we do not guard our hearts, it can easily happen. So affliction is a good gift from God's hand that prevents us from straying. And in this verse, affliction is actually a sign of God's love. A loving father is going to bring loving discipline to his children. In fact, it says in Hebrews 12, if we are without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are we illegitimate children. We're not really his sons and daughters. And so we really need to look at it as a good thing. Now, the fourth thing that I see in this passage is that uh, there was faith and thankfulness on David's part for the afflictions themselves. For the afflictions. He does not despise God's chastenings. He does not rebel against his providences. He does not grumble over all of these afflictions that he had been experiencing. He was thankful. He looked to the Lord to be taught by these. Uh, one of the first Reformed books that I read uh, back in the late 70s when I first became Reformed was J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God. And in the introduction to that book, he says there are really two prerequisites to being able to profit from your afflictions. And he said the first prerequisite is you must see God as being sovereign over those afflictions. I do not understand how Christians can face some of the troubles and afflictions that they face when they don't believe in the sovereignty of God. Uh, can you imagine how depressing it would be to see those afflictions as being the result of blind chance? Totally meaningless. It'd be very frustrating. Or, even worse, uh, as some Christians have said, all afflictions come from Satan. 
and they see Satan almost as being sovereign, we being pawns in his hand, and uh, you, you cannot benefit unless you see that these are the afflictions that come from the hand of the Lord. Yes, he may use Satan as a tool, but God is the one who brings them sovereignly, and Romans 8.28 guarantees that all things work together for the good of those who love him. So that's the first prerequisite to benefiting from our afflictions. The second prerequisite is allowing these afflictions to immediately drive our faith to him and to be thankful that God is indeed doing something good in our lives through this. These are the loving afflictions of the Lord. Uh, David especially shows thankfulness in verse 71 where he says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn your statutes. It is good for me. He was thankful for his afflictions. And as you come to the Lord's table this morning, I would encourage you to take some of the afflictions that you have experienced, that you've perhaps been tempted to grumble over, and confess those first of all. Say, Lord, I should not have grumbled over those things. These were good gifts from your hand. Romans 8.28 guarantees it. And by faith, I thank you. Even if I don't know what the good purpose was that you brought those afflictions into my life, I thank you for that. I think you will benefit much more from the Lord's table if you come in that kind of faith, that kind of a thankful heart. And this brings us to the fifth lesson that we see in both verses. If we respond to afflictions with this kind of a good attitude, thankfulness, responding by God's grace, then afflictions should drive us to the Lord and actually make us even more committed to his word. Uh, verse 67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. So if your afflictions actually make you more holy, make you uh, drive you deeper into his word, drive you deeper into dependence upon him, well, Satan's had an absolute failure. He's not had a victory. You might think, wow, he's blasted me of my finances. He took away my home. He did this and that. Satan's had a victory. No. If it's made you more holy, more conformed to the image of Christ, it is a failure on Satan's part. On the other hand, if you have a habit of grumbling over your afflictions, as the Israelites in the wilderness grumbled, then you know what is going to happen? God's going to keep bringing the afflictions because he's a good teacher. He doesn't grade on a curve and say, well, you got 60%. Uh, we're going to make him go on to the next part of school. No, God wants us to master the lessons that he's given to us. And so if you're grumbling, he's just going to keep bringing this lesson in his school of affliction over and over and over into your life until you finally say, okay, Lord, I get the lesson. I come in thankfulness and praise to you. I come to be driven more into your grace. And so the next time you wish for a peaceful life, think about the benefits of trials and seek to learn from them. One older writer worded it this way, God brings men into deep waters not to drown them, but to cleanse them. God brings us into deeper waters not to drown us, but to cleanse us. May the afflictions that you have been experiencing uh, drive you deeper into God's grace to cleanse you and make it make you cling the tighter to the one who loved you and gave himself for you. Amen. Father God, we thank you. We thank you so much.
for your afflictions. Yes, Father, the painful things that we experience, whether it's illness, whether it's back pain, uh, whether it is financial loss, whether it is people who have turned against us, uh, whatever the afflictions that we, your people, have been experiencing in these past weeks, by faith, we thank you that they are a good gift from your hand. Whether it's Satan is the tool, the vehicle that you are using or not, we receive them, Father, as your loving affliction to cause us to grow in you and to be conformed to your image. And I pray as we come to this table that you would enable us to rejoice in your provision, rejoice that your grace is sufficient, and that where sin abounds, your grace abounds much more. Help us, Father, to come in faith, to come in rejoicing, not in guilt over our grumbling, our sin, but having cast them at the cross, to come with boldness to your throne, to come with rejoicing in your provision. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.